This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Una telenovela de Angli. <laughs> and welcome to another edition of the Double Feature Movie Podcast. I'm your host, Jonathan Roberts, and I'm joined this week by Joanne So. Hello. Hello. Now, we're going to say this at the top. If you're listening on Apple, Google, or Spotify, do like, rate, and review. Five stars only, apparently. Uh, we're only allowed to accept five stars. Lovely. Now, let's get into the show. We're still haunted by Joker, Todd Phillips's tale of a man's mental breakdown with a bit of DC characters slapped over the top of it. A lot of people love it. Have you changed your opinion? You, you kind of, from um, wow, you went down to, uh, and now, where um, are you? I'm still, I, th- I think I'm still the same. It's, it's still, I was still, I'm wow. As, as always by his performance and I think the story could be better in explain and maybe he's trying to do too much or but I like certain parts of the movie and how it's filmed the cinematography and all so I, th- I think it's still borderlines between two and a half to three well now that you mentioned the story mm. I mean this is where people are now starting to as ever formulate their own theories because so much of it is vague <laughs> so people are pointing out how in the early 80s do you get videotape of uh, Arthur Fleck's performance and put it onto the TV. <laughs> they didn't do viral videos in those days. It wasn't Jimmy Fallon or... Who's the other fella? Jimmy Fallon, James Corden, or, or you know, all, <laughs> all that stuff. That seems a bit of a stretch. Actually, that's one of the things I can understand because they have closed circuit TV there at a comedy club. Yeah, maybe they do just record it and send it over to the, the show, say, Beta? hey, here, here are comedians for the time. Yeah. You know, Would you like to use any just so happens that his performance is in there. But there is more stuff about how much of the film was real. There are yeah. so many get-out clauses in it, like when he climbs in the fridge. Does he die in the fridge? Because it's an old 70s fridge, <laughs> the, the ones where you can't get out of, you know, the kind of Indiana Jones nuclear-proof <laughs> fridge. So there's lots of things about how much of the show is his twisted mind. You know he's a fantasist. Oh, spoilers, by the way. You know he's a fantasist. He imagines that Robert De Niro thinks of him as a son. Mm. Uh, he imagines the Zazie Beats. Zazie? 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 Zazie Beats relationship. And then the part where he was in the studio mm. with Robert uh, De Niro, is yeah. that for real or is it not real? There are leaps in the logic. Yeah. So that, that's, a, I mean, if you want to really go into all this nitty gritty still detail, details, that's when it, it will start bugging you. But I think. Just and don't read too much into it. Todd Phillips is probably going to have to explain himself at some point. Explain there are a lot of theories about the ending and then how it is into it. So They show the origin of Batman again. I mean, that origin, along with Spider-Man, half the reason we loved the Marvel Cinematic Universe version of Spider-Man is that they didn't bother with yep. Uncle Ben dying yep. again. Yep. But yet we get Thomas Wayne and Martha Wayne being shot in the alleyway, the pearls going over the place again. I, I'm just wondering, how many times do like, you know, the pearls being ripped off? Because it's seen well, so it's many also, versions of it. I think one of the better, bigger theories, one that I can possibly lean into is Arthur Fleck's parentage. Now, in the film, it's turned out that he was adopted by his mother. She claims that Thomas Wayne is his biological father. Thomas Wayne kicked them out. And then they have this impoverished life but because this Thomas Wayne is mm. a fairly dodgy bloke anyway yeah. he's, he's not a the benevolent Thomas Wayne he could be the dad after all it links into that thing of the young master had an affair with 
the scullery yeah, maid because, kind of like, thing. And then they sort of push the maid away and say, you'll never talk of this was, again. No one will believe you. It was quite strange when the butler were at the gate that moment. Alfred. Yeah, yeah. Alfred, yes. So he's like, there's this this expression in his eyes is like, oh, okay. It's like something happened, something not, and they try to hush it up. Well, I, suppose, I mean, it's, there is the aspect of, you know, if someone did cause that much problems mm. with their fantasies of a thing, yeah, you'd, you'd be a bit wary of anyone associated with them because that was clearly a moment in their past. <laughs> in this world of Joker that suggests Batman will still happen at some point, although by the time Ooh. Bruce Wayne is Batman, this Joker, Joker would, be would be 60 plus. <laughs> yeah, and he's, he's not particularly strong at the moment. Yeah. And, uh, well, well th- that is... leads into the other theory of this is not the Joker that we know. He again just inspires the later Joker. Well, it's all been said that this is a standalone film. Yeah. We know if it makes money, they want a sequel. There's no way he can be in um, the Robert Pattinson's Batman because we don't ah. know what is it. We don't know when the Robert Pattinson's Batman is going to be set. That's We're true. just assuming it's and modern then, day. When, when it comes, it might be just, you know, who's really an old Joker because, I mean, there'll be a few more years down the road and we'll have to see. Mm. Anyway, more speculation to be going on. Check YouTube for conspiracy theories. <laughs> it's littered with them. Anyway, let's get to today's film. Gemini Man, Will Smith versus Will Smith, directed by Ang Lee, starring Will Smith. And Will Smith, although a younger Will Smith. It also has Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Clive Owen, and Benedict Wong. Oh, I love The Benedict. MVP, yes. Benedict Wong. Yes. The key thing about this, that what is different about Gemini Man, is that Ang Lee is very much devoted to filming in high frame rate. Usually cinemas filmed at 24 frames per second. Mm. And this is filmed at 120 frames per second. Anyway, we'll get to the technology later. The film itself, Will Smith is an aging assassin, kind of looking to do that one last job, doesn't want to do it anymore, finds that the killings are problematic, all set for retirement, and then all of a sudden, all his old friends start to get knocked off one by one, and obviously someone's going for him. It turns out it is young Will Smith. They have cloned him. And that's pretty much it. I mean, you know, there's a face-off between the two of them. As a film, what did you think? I think it's a mixed reaction because there are some parts who are actually pretty good and some parts are just like, huh? And I think some parts are just like funny, which is not supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's it's, it's like really ridiculous. So, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder, like, is this a fantasy world or is it a realistic world? I don't know. It's It feels like it's gone through a lot of rewrites on the run. David Benioff from Game of Thrones has also been involved. I don't know if he's a late addition, but it feels like this got fixed along the way. So, yeah, yeah. is Will Smith superpowered? Yes, no. Something alluded to... That doesn't quite come to fruition anymore. I think it may have got ejected in the edit later. I I feel like that they're pushing. I mean, maybe more focus on how to get the film on this technology level instead of like focusing more on the 
story. Absolutely, yeah. It, this been an action film where I thought that the part where the I think when they first ch- chasing each other um, in Catania, uh, yeah, that yeah. was pretty good mm. until the motorcycle scene, which they credited to be a whole brand new yes. genre or something. Yes, much, much like Keanu Reeves talks about John Wick action. Now <laughs> they've coined this thing called bike foo, yes. Kung Fu because it's bike. yeah, it's like a martial arts using a motorcycle, apparently, which. If you've ever seen the film Equilibrium, Christian Bale film from early 2000s, very post-Matrix, they had this thing called Gun Carter, <laughs> which is basically a martial art but using guns, which basically, I think, requires a lot of people to stand very still and We're allow shot. themselves to be shot whilst you do all these manic arm moves that are completely unnecessary because you've got a gun. You don't need to do these moves. Anyway, that's a completely different film. This one, it's a pretty straightforward assassin versus assassin film. It, there's really not more mm. to it than that. Mm. Will Smith is chased by his young self who's uh, come from a government agency who are now decided to clone. And there's a bit of philosophizing towards the end about why it's better to have clones because then wars are less painful. Less painful. Less There's emotional. less, yeah, less human sacrifice because you're basically dealing with flesh robots, really. So isn't that wonderful? <laughs> and then you have to think, oh, maybe that would be better. Uh, anyway, it's basically spy versus spy. <laughs> uh, but as ever, it's Will Smith, and Will Smith has an immense amount of charm. Yeah, he does. You can watch him in anything, and I think it's even though Aladdin was a hit, it doesn't feel like a Will Smith hit. And it it kind of pains me that Will Smith has not had proper mm, Will Smith yeah. here for quite some time. Yeah. He's done some great roles. Mm. I would have loved... Did you watch Focus? Yes. The, I thought the one that was with brilliant. Margot Yeah. Yep. I thought that was brilliant and mm. criminally underrated. At mm-hmm. I thought I would love that to have been a hit. But I think people are so used to thinking like, you know, this is a Will Smith movie. I need to get that kind of Will Smith movie. Yeah. So I guess Gemini Man tries to be that, you know, the action kind of, I don't know, bad boys type of Will Smith movie. But, yeah, yeah I think it's just lost, in, lost along Speaking the way. Speaking of which, yeah. bad boys is coming back as well. Yeah. But <laughs> you either be grounded, born identity stuff, or suddenly Will Smith does seem to have yeah, elevated superpowers. I, I think superpowers. That, that's why I, I, they couldn't, maybe they just really couldn't decide what they want to do, or they just think that that's the way. And then it was just, you know, maybe got yeah. lost somewhere along the line. It, I think the, a key moment is during the bike foo scene, where Will Smith is able to do a... a Fancy push-up. Wow. I mean, he's he's lying down on the floor, his face down, and he does like a push-up that is able to project himself like three feet into the air from flat. And that is just those moments of, hang on. I mean, it's shot in super slow motion, so yeah. you get the full effect of the bike coming sliding in under him and the, you know, the car next to him, you know, the window shattering or all this stuff. But yeah, is is he an enhanced secret agent, or is he like Idris Elba in Hobbs versus Shaw? Yes. Is he black Superman? Those black Superman. The to- yeah, tonally it seems a bit strange. I think Mary Elizabeth Winstead as uh, an opposite agent, quite often in the early parts when there are kill squads after them. She's got a smile on her face a lot more than you'd expect. Like the mood changes, like, you know, she'll be so concerned about him and it's like, you know, and she's the one who'll go and find out about the DNA and stuff like that. And then suddenly like, oh, let's go for a nice Mediterranean holiday. And then the spa thing, they set up a secret meeting at the spa with this kind of Russian informant (laughs) fella. I can accept that, but when 
there are assassins after you. I mean, this is one of the things, things where, you know, you turn up at one place and then suddenly you have to run because, you know, bullets and bombs are flying after you. I can accept that they have to wear bathrobes to be fairly inconspicuous at the spa, but did you have to order drinks? It's like, it's like nice a full champagne breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's let like, us chill well, for while a while. We're here, yeah. It's not like, let's get in, get out, you know, I'll just put the bathrobe on for looks. Yeah. No, let's chill out here. Let's chill out here for out. a while. Yeah, it gets a bit mixed up. It could have been fun. It could have been so much better. I think the key thing is is that Anglia has decided to die on this hill of super high frame rate. So let's just have a quick word about what did you think of it being shot in super high frame rate? We should say that when we watched it, we watched it in a 3D version of the high frame rate. Yep. Over to you. What did you think of it? The f- opening sequence when it's like him, where he's preparing to do a... Uh, on his job on a, on a Belgian hill, right? Yes, yeah. that looks fantastic. I thought it's like wow. It's like you know we had a close close up and on him, and mm. then the scenery, everything looks so sharp. It's like okay, not too bad. And then when you get when you get some things when you have people, it doesn't seem quite right. I think I don't know maybe a depth of feel or something. It, it's just or maybe my eyes cannot adjust to it. So it felt very um very TV ish. It's like super sharp TV. You can imagine like yourself going to like a Courts Superstore or something and you, you're trying to find a, a fantastic TV. It felt like that. And then when they have, uh, when he first met a younger Will Smith, when the chasing mm. part in, um, I thought it was, it just felt like I was watching a third person shooter game. It felt a bit jarring, but I think after a while you just get used to it. Watching Hobbit, there was, I think it was like 48 frame. It's like watching a theatre, but after a while you just, okay. Yeah, so it, it, it has that kind of, live live action mm. feel um yeah my my first thought watching it was una tele novela de angli <laughs> it looked like a south american soap opera it's too crisp yeah i i want that kind of grain i want that kind of feel and it has to be said that you know if he it could have worked if this particular film did not have to hinge on special effects. Yeah, I, I think that that's the the whole downfall of the film, especially when you're trying to go for action and then trying to do all these special effects and everything. So it came out, I'm not sure whether maybe because the acting or the people cannot catch up with the technology, but like the bicycle scenes, it felt to me, it felt like a very bad green screen job. It, it just felt cheap. You know, he's chasing and everything else. But then the, the younger Will Smith, it felt like a very bad CGI. I mean, the thing with this is that is Will Smith acting against Will Smith so he's playing his younger self mm. as well now it's not like they've just de-aged him it's like a special I think they use, I don't know they call it digital creation of his the, face or something yeah. Yeah. so it's like a digital mask over mm. his face now if you're dealing with something that's so sharp this is shot at 120 frames per second regular films are just 24 per mm. second so the science is that in regular films, your brain is filling in a lot because your brain only needs so much information. Yeah. Here, you're getting so much more information. Everything is so crisp. Everything is, yeah, there, there is no hiding place now for any defects. <laughs> so even for ADR, when later on where these have uh, actors re-record lines because they didn't quite capture it at the time, if it's just off by a f- fraction... You can tell that they're not saying those words even more clearly because you can see every movement now and you can tell when everything sounds a bit off. Even Mm. the sound design on this didn't quite work because there's scenes earlier on where he's going on his pretend date with Mary Elizabeth Winstead to try and out her as an agent 
um, that felt so airless and it felt like a soap opera. And I wonder if that was like the first rehearsal thing. Or <laughs> the, the sound is so sparse that you can hear the footsteps on the decking. And yeah, it, it, I mean, just short of a soap opera. Mm. I'm amazed that they did not have a scene where Will Smith walks up to a camera and faces away as he has a conversation with someone behind him, just like they do in soap operas. They did, they did. In oh, Budapest, did at the catacombs, the, right. the, the young and the old, and then the young was in front, and uh-huh. then Will's, um, the old was at the back. And then they had this conversation, and of course the young one was like, you know... Facing away from each other. Yes, talking to his head. <laughs> There's a movie still of it too. I think, it, well, the catacombs is a point where the technology kind of worked because the young Will Smith technology works much better in the dark. Mm. I think the darker scenes, I mean, I think it's artificially darkened, but it seemed to work a lot better. There are, but there are points at this where it is, it just does not work. And it's the totally wrong film. You cannot introduce a technology of such exacting uh, crispness and sharpness where any flaw is highlighted and then hope that your technology can catch up to it. <laughs> it's the epilogue part. Anytime it's out in bright sunshine, it also feels like the white balance is off, that it seems overexposed in parts. But the young Bill Smith in daylight, <laughs> really, maybe it works in the regular cinemas. Yeah, I don't maybe. Because the whole thing now is that whilst they're shooting in 120 frames per second, and I hope it doesn't take off because I don't want to watch TV. <laughs> It looks like TV. And like you say, it looks like the um, the example films that they show on the <laughs> high-def film, uh, high-def TVs and courts or whatever. Uh, this is because they're bored of showing flowers and whatever <laughs> else. Uh, no. Yeah, it, it's, it, it like, just doesn't work. Like you said, we, we watched it in the, um, I mean, this high-frame high rate thing, but maybe on, if we... It might not be that bad a film if you watch it on normal well, 2D. Well, when I watched the trailers on YouTube, yeah, you I think, oh, actually, no. Yeah, you didn't feel bad. that bad. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, it doesn't help the storyline. So the storyline's <laughs> still all over the place. But I, I really hope this doesn't take up. It doesn't feel right. I don't know. It's, a, it's an odd thing to say. <laughs> oh, it doesn't, but cinema needs that kind of that distance, that grain, that. Yeah, you know, it has to feel. I don't know. Maybe it's, we, we're just old school. We miss the film. <laughs> We miss film. <laughs> well, I mean, I suppose the thing would be, if you're going to film something in high frame rate, and I, I think the version that we saw was only 60 frames per second, not the full 120. Yeah, there's a whole thing of only a few cinemas can actually show uh, at 120 frames per second. There's an article in Forbes that says, you know, uh, there are only two cinemas in the UK that can show 120 frames. There are only 14 theatres in the US that can show at 120. But our showing at 60 frames per second, yeah, too crisp, too TV. Mm. It just makes everything feel a bit airless. Yeah, it just feels, it, it, some parts just felt really cheap. So it's, it's kind of like defeats the purpose. I, suppose, I mean, things like special effects, so zoom in to the private jet. You know, you, you're from the outside and you zoom in to Benedict Wong flying the plane. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a TV drama special effect <laughs> now it makes me wonder if you apply film grain and project soap operas tv soap <laughs> operas in the cinema do they suddenly look 
much better? Is the lighting actually superb on all these soap operas? And it's just that this crisp video quality affects it. Maybe we're missing out. <laughs> but yeah, this one does... It could have been much more fun as a film if you're going to have this level of Christmas, at least Christmas, crispness. <laughs> if you're going to have this level of crispness, get your plot so that make, make the plot work. <laughs> Actually, I have to say, some of the action scenes are spot on. There yes. are uh, all-in-one take shots. Yep. Uh, especially around Cartagena, where you can actually see the stunt work. That was impressive. But at the same time, it just it does feel a bit of a stunt show. Yeah. It's, it still needs that film, that distance of film green to yep. really pull off. Anyway, that's where we'll leave it. Gemini Man, it's, yeah. it's not so bad. <laughs> if you don't mind a loss of film grain or you don't mind it looking like a TV show, hey, check it out. Could be all right. And that is where we'll leave it. Thank you for joining me, Joanne. You're welcome. And, yes, as I said at the start, go check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. Like, rate, and review. And until another Double Feature next time, goodbye. See ya. That was an SPH podcast. Find us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and streaming on Google Home. Do send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at straightstimes.com and bt.sg